Welcome to the Fertility Podcast, where we aim to educate and empower you on your fertility journey, whatever stage you're at. I'm Natalie Silverman, a broadcaster and fertility coach, and I had my son after successful fertility treatment. And I'm Kate Davis, an independent fertility nurse consultant. We'll be your trusted guides, chatting each week with experts and people just like you to let you know you're not alone. Let's dive in. So welcome to another episode of the Fertility Podcast, and we are in that period of time, that period of time known as the TWW, the two-week wait, the period of time that for some flies, for others drags, and it's inevitable that when you're going through fertility treatment, you're going to have to go through it because it's the point when you've had your embryo transferred, and then you have to wait to see if you're pregnant in a nutshell. Now, if you've looked online, you'll no doubt have seen conversations about it. You'll have seen advice about it. And what we wanted to do in this episode is just give you our thoughts on it. Now, in the conversations you have, Kate, what's the Mm. kind of standout thing that you, do you find yourself repeating to people? I think I, we always talk about the two-week wait and how the first week is actually okay. It's, it's reasonable it's full of hope actually there's not too much pressure but the second week is when all the pressure comes all the negative doubts all the symptom spotting and that's when I find that my patients drive themselves crazy and need a lot of support over that second week and it's all very well us trying to advise you on things to think about. And what we've actually done is asked you to share some of your coping tips, which you'll hear later on in the episode. But ultimately, we're all so different. What works for someone might not work for someone else. Um, Mm. And I went away after I'd had my embryo transfer. We went to a friend's um, lovely place in in Suffolk and we were on the beach for a few days and we ate nice food and we had no Wi-Fi. And it was really quite basic, but lovely. And did you find that good from a... A distraction point of view, because I, one of my patients yesterday, actually, she said for her, staying in work absolutely works during the two-week wait because she can actually completely switch off from what is going on and involve herself in work. So did you find that was a really good distraction for you? Well, I came back and went to work. So yes, I think um, it was just nice to have something to look forward to. And it was something mm. nice to, it's always nice to go away. And we were by the beach and it was beautiful where we were. So that was nice as a little nice treat. Then I, like you've just said with your, your patient, I went straight back into work and was as busy as I could be. So for me, the distraction of work was definitely, definitely worthwhile. Um, I actually had a quick chat with Sheila Lamb, who I know, Kate, you, um, you're you very familiar with. Sheila's yeah. written a number of books and she's written a book about the two-week wait. And I wanted to hear what she gained from the book. So have a listen to what she says. So we're talking about the two-week wait and it suddenly dawned on me that I needed to speak to Sheila Lamb. Sheila is an author of a series of This Is books. She's written This Is IVF and Other Fertility Treatments. She's also written about This Is Trying to Conceive. She's written about This Is Pregnancy and Baby Loss. And she's written about This Is The Two-Week Wait. Sheila, welcome to the podcast again, because we have spoken in the past and I will share our chat uh, in the show notes. How are you? Hi, Natalie. I'm very well. Thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me on. Well, I know it was a bit last minute because it suddenly dawned on me that I needed to have your insight because 
The way that Sheila compiles her books is she gets people from within the TTC community to share their experiences. So her book is exactly what this episode is is kind of trying to replicate because you are hearing some of your own voices giving your tips and advice on how to deal with the two-week waits. And um, I know you've got quite a variety of contributions was there any kind of standout ones that you were like oh that's a good idea because some of the things that I've heard people do I mean we went to the beach which was lovely we had a few days by the beach and it was very kind of cathartic it wasn't that kind of unique but um it was definitely you know having that sea input was very calming for me anything that you learned from the contributions that you got that stand out I remember your contribution <laughs> and it sounded like an amazing you know lovely way to to spend your time and I think what really stuck out was how different it is for everyone and how basically on your own you are do you know you've had all that input from the clinic up to that point you've 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 rushed there for appointments for scans you've had feedback about how your you know lining and follicles are doing and all that and then once the embryos are put back is crickets it's it's tumbleweed yes it's like what do I do you know what do I do now and you know I guess yes yes like you know what you said you you um you went away um you know other people have um said you know they they kept they kept busy they just did a list like going to the cinema going out for a meal with friends going out for walks you know, maybe doing a little bit of sorting at home, just anything to keep yourself busy. Because if you are busy, yes, you can still think about things. But if you're doing something that actually, you know, you're engaged with another person or, you know, you're uh, watching a film or something like that or reading a book, then you can't think about the two week wait and am I pregnant or not? And not be sneaking off to do an early test if you're hopefully distracted and out of the house with people who might not know anything about it. Maybe that's a key thing is to surround yourself with people who have no idea. So they're not asking you because you don't want to be asked during that period of time, do you? It's the last No, thing. exactly. Because, you know, if, if, if they haven't been through it, they really, really, really can't understand why you're so, you know, anxious and stressed and worried, can they? Because you've done all that preparation beforehand and now it's just waiting <laughs> and just waiting. There's, there's, you know, there's really nothing. No one's got any answers for you. Yeah. And was it general consensus that the two week drags or that it flies? Because, you know, in life, sometimes 14 days can literally fly past and you don't even realise it. And I remember feeling very aware of that two week period. I mean, yes, we went away, but then. There was still another week to go. I think, yeah, I think the consensus was that it was a long time to wait. I don't really remember anyone saying it flew by. A a lot of the people included, if they had signs and symptoms, you know, were they signs of pregnancy? You know, um, I know somebody said that um, (laughs) their boobs were constantly sort of buzzing. So they were constantly feeling them, which was a bit embarrassing if they were out. (laughs) You know, that for her was a sign that it had worked in her mind. You know, as we know, if you get if, if, if something changes, if something stops or something new happens, then you're like, what what does this mean? And that's when you go down the, you know, the Google rabbit hole. The the, the symptom checking, it's a hard one to try and ignore rather than just going with it and waiting to see 
there's such a tendency to, like you say, go down the rabbit hole of Dr. Google or post in a Facebook group. I see it all the time in my Facebook group for the fertility podcast, people saying, this has happened. Did this happen to you? And people sometimes say yes and sometimes say no. And we have to reiterate how individual we all are. And it's not going to be the same for you as someone. It might be, but it's not necessarily going to be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, 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 Again, most people, if they mentioned staying away from Dr. Google. And yeah, again, there were some who, who wanted to test from day one and some people who didn't want to test at all. I, I was one of those. I never tested because I just didn't want to know, <laughs> you know. But again, we're all different. You know, some people have the reassurance that the line is changing if they test every day. And, 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 and I think, you know, I hope that's how the book helps people. Um, as you say, it is different for everyone, but you might read something that resonates with you, something that, uh, you know, perhaps you hadn't thought of, you know, it, it's supportive because you just don't know. Yes, we went through four two-week two waits and I guess each one was different, you know, and you don't know how you're going to feel when you're going through the first one. Did you feel different on the last one um, to the first one? Can you remember? I think I felt more, I think because by the fourth one, you know, it's six years later after the first one and the first two-week wait was after an IUI and the fourth one was after doing um, donor egg with um, additional medication um, after a miscarriage. So I think, I think I was more, I think I was more hopeful and we went abroad. So in some ways that was actually quite nice that we were actually on holiday <laughs> loosely speaking you know that but we were a you know we were able to to keep busy and you know I did some visualization lying down and in the afternoon which I hadn't done the first two times um because it's, it's like going through treatment isn't it you learn different things and you might you know obviously as I say by the fourth one six years down the line I'd read a lot more and um there's no harm in trying a lot more. how many contributions have you got in the book for people to uh to test out the different things that people have suggested? I think it's about 30, 35. I, I try and keep around that amount. And they're, they're yeah. very short contributions. You know, you could pick it up and it might take you, I don't know, half a minute to read or it might take you a minute to read. It's nice to have a whole, lots of people's different points of view because if you do want to give it to somebody who you're going to be seeing or someone who knows you've done fertility treatment. Exactly. The two-week wait is a whole different ball game, isn't it? Um, so again, it's, it's good to give people the book to read because they can get something out of it as well that could help them support and you. I think the reassurance that the feelings that you might be feeling somebody else has pretty much been there and done that because uh, you're not going mad in what's going on. I think that's really valid when uh, you're in this like unknown like you say this abyss of of silence but we have heard more clinics getting in touch with patients during the two-week wait from all the, the the campaigning I think that uh, Jessica Hepburn led a lot on to uh, encourage that silence to be filled so hopefully that is helping yes 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 absolutely it's a good good step in the right direction isn't it yeah, exactly. Well, thank you, Sheila. And um, we'll make sure we put links in the show notes and people can follow Lovely, you and keep up to date yes. with your next book that's coming out in the new year. There's another one planned, isn't there? Lovely. Thank you for your time, Natalie. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much for chatting. I think the book is a really good example. Like Sheila said, there's like 30 to 35 accounts. So we'll make sure we put a link in the show notes so that you can have a read. And even if you might also know someone else who's going through it, it's a nice little gift. 
um, to pass it on. It is, and Sheila's really knowledgeable. She's written a number of books. She's herself gone through um, an IVF journey um, and donor, um, and now she's imparting all her knowledge. And what's really interesting is she's an ex-midwife as well, so she's got a lot of lot of knowledge to give. And as you heard her say, you know, she had four two-week waits, um, and the difference, as she said, between the first and the last, the last was much more not enjoyable but she you know had more experience of how to manage it and not that we're hoping that you have to go through this numerous times but if that does happen I guess each time you you learn from the time before if you're going through this for the first time then hopefully what you're going to hear next from some of your experiences will set you up quite well for things to think about. So first up, we're going to hear from Elise. Hello, I'm Elise and this is my advice for the two-week wait. I would say expect and accept that your emotions are just going to be all over the place. So if you need to cry or shout or swear or rant or call your friend for a bitch, just just do it. Just feel whatever you feel and try your hardest not to feel guilty about it. Some other advice, keep things to yourself if that helps you. I always find there's just too much pressure if family and friends know exactly when things are happening and then if you get a disappointment you then have to share it with with 12 people and it's you haven't even had a chance to process it yet so I would say keep things to yourself if you want to keep reminding yourself that you've done everything you can you've done your best the next stage is out of your hands I always find it's really strange after so many weeks of pills and injections and timings and action and I think your brain goes a bit wild with the space that the two-week wait gives you so try and catch yourself if your brain gets too loud and try and take control back you know just tell yourself to, to stop it if it's all a bit much in your head you've done everything you can you you really have done your best by that stage it's out of your hands. My personal choice is not to test at all during the two-week wait. I always wait until the clinic appointed official test date and honestly I'd wait longer if I could. I hate testing. (laughs) Testing early it's just it's not an indication of a viable pregnancy even if you get a positive really early it could still unfortunately become a chemical pregnancy. So again that is personal choice but I choose ignorant bliss personally what do you think I love what she said about your brain going wild yes I mean brilliant and all the things that she said I think were fantastic down to um the fact that you then you everything is out of your control and how up until that point you've been doing so much and then suddenly there's this nothing there's nothing going on you're not going to the clinic you're not busy but it is completely out of your control and let's face it it's actually down to nature at that point so there is absolutely nothing you can do it's mother nature doing her best and all you can do is sit back and allow that to happen and they're not telling people I think is also really wise obviously it's personal choice so you have to decide what feels right for you yeah right the next one we're going to hear from is Bilitis My advice for the two-week wait would be to find something fun to keep your mind occupied. Otherwise, it's going to be a really long two weeks. Unfortunately, in my last two-week wait, we were in lockdown. So I decided to find projects in the house to do. I learned how to sew using a sewing machine. And having that to go to just really kept my mind occupied and stopped me dwelling 24-7. What do you reckon? A new hobby? Yeah, a new hobby. I mean, that's that's the distraction down to a T, isn't it? I mean, deciding to learn a new hobby. Fantastic. What a great idea. <laughs> I mean, I'm so into knitting, so I would recommend knitting to anybody. Any crafts? Yeah. And actually, I find knitting 
when I, if I'm feeling stressed, if I pick up my knitting needles, it's the repetitive action that is so relaxing. So the next one we're going to hear from is Sophie. Here are some of the tips we use to help get us through the two-week wait. We would basically block out that two weeks just for ourselves. If possible, we try to go away for the weekend and see something new, get away from our everyday lives. If it wasn't possible to go away for the weekend, then we'd try to go for a walk in the countryside at the weekend or along the coast. Just anything to get away from our lives have the, the distraction also try to treat ourselves with something nice maybe a massage go out for some nice food we prefer to spend that time together and minimize the amount of time we spent with friends and family during that period just so we could focus on ourselves and rest and yeah try to distract ourselves sometimes yoga help meditation or baking and eating basically <laughs> they were the best things for us good luck to everybody Aww. Lots of food uh, references. I love the baking yeah. and eating. <laughs> Definitely, that has to be done. And I really like the, the advice as well as minimising contact with friends and family. That worked for her and that could absolutely be right for some people. Um, that's, a, that's a good tip. I think it, it's so dependent. You will know what's there. If it's going to freak people out that you go quiet, then then don't. But if it's not going to even be noticed, then feel free to put some kind of boundaries around yourself and and self-protect I think we often think too much about the other people involved in this and ultimately this period of time is is you I always suggest um that you set your intention with your friends and family so if you can actually say this is what we're going to do and we will contact you here please don't contact us if you set that intention then they know the boundaries if you fail to set that intention then that's when you will get lots of phone calls or text messages or whatever asking how things are going when you might not want that. I really like that. Next up, it's Suzanne. What I've come to realise about the two-week wait over the five cycles that we've experienced is that there's no hard and fast rules. There's no, if you do this, it will work, unfortunately. So you just have to follow your gut instincts and do what feels right for you. In the past, I have taken two weeks off work literally sat on the sofa not moving a muscle it's helped me to have nothing to blame if it didn't work but wasn't necessarily right for me i've also worked through the two-week wait which unfortunately gave me something to blame when it didn't work but again wasn't necessarily the right thing for me so my big top tips would be stay active in your body and your mind if working helps take your mind off of it then you should do that and if you want to take the time off then find something to occupy your mind stay active in your body maybe not climb mount snowdon but light walks helps keep the blood flowing and your mind and your body active but my biggest top tip would be to do what feels right for you if you need to have a cry have a cry if you need to laugh laugh go out with friends and keep your mind positive and also never give up on the hope that your turn is coming Sending lots of love and love. I just love how how honest and open you're being, sharing your tips. And this is why we love getting your input. What did you think of what Suzanne said about the blaming of work? I thought that, I thought that was so, such a good point. Such a good point. The blame game. I mean, that's something that I think we all play a lot, isn't it? Um, and have this utter fear that if we do something, then like go to work, then that's been responsible for us not resting and therefore not getting pregnant. Um, I think it's really easy to play that game. In reality, actually, it's very unlikely that anything that you do or don't do is going to impact on the success of that pregnancy. But it's just a psychological mind game that we play with ourselves. 
I think, as Suzanne said, there's no hard or fast rules, as we've been saying, and you've got to do Ooh. what's right for you. I love this. I love this. Right, we've got one more to share with you. And this is from Katie. I think firstly, just acknowledging that you've come this far, you're in the two-week wait, and that's amazing. Look after yourself, be kind to yourself, make some plans that you're going to enjoy, see lovely people that make you feel good. I always do a bit of a meal plan and work out what I'm going to eat, which just makes me feel a little bit more in control. When you start to feel symptoms or you don't feel symptoms, try not to let it be so overwhelming that you count yourself out or you convince yourself you are pregnant. Write down your worries every day. And I think when you write them down, they sort of just feel a bit smaller. I think also I've done seven two-week waits with fertility treatment and I hate doing pregnancy tests. So I really try to wait until official test day so I've just got to do one and then deal with the outcome. I'm very lucky to ha have a baby and when you get that positive test after your first two-week wait you're straight into another one because you've got to have a HCG test or you've got to go in for your heartbeat scan. So again you've got to steel yourself and you've got to hold your nerve a little bit longer and it keeps on going. But yeah, I think just just ultimately stay off Google, decide how you're going to test and just be really kind to yourself. Oh, what do you think about that? Well, lots of things there. I think she's so right when she's saying about once you get that positive test, that anxiety and worry doesn't stop. It just I continues. totally forgot about that until she said that. Mm. And it's so true. Mm. It's not over. You, you're still like, <gasps> you're still doing it. And I, you know, 18 years on, I'm still doing it and I'll, I'll do it for the rest of my life. And we all will, you know, it doesn't stop, yeah. but you, you yeah. think it's that pinnacle, isn't it? Thinking, oh, I'll reach that point. I'll have that positive pranks test and then everything will be wonderful and everything will be right in my life. Yeah. It just continues, but in a different way, in a very different way. I like what you said about writing your worries down as they feel a bit mm. smaller and seeing mm. lovely people who make you feel good. I mean, that as we've, as we've heard, other people have said not to see people. I think what Katie said about seeing lovely people who make you feel good is perfect advice. So that's for you to take away and decide which way you go. And I think you just have every right to be really picky in what this period of time looks like. If you do want to see people, it's finding those those positive people, the positive people that you know, you know, I think whenever you're going through anything and you, if you look at your friends, you might have some friends that are absolutely there for a shoulder to cry on if you need them. There are others who are there to kick you up the backside if, if actually that's what you need. And so it's choosing that person that is going to be right for you at that moment. And if it's a positive person with lots of positive vibes, that's actually going to make you laugh and smile. Then that is a fantastic person to um, be immersing yourself in. You'll know. So we really hope that's helped. Do let us know. This would be an amazing time if you feel like it to leave us a review um, on whether this type of advice has been helpful for you. And you can do that in your favourite podcast app. It's always so lovely to hear from you. Um, we've got a bit more to share with you as we're going to catch up with our resident expert, James Nicopoulos. Ask the expert. 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 This one is a food related listeners asking, does protein powder or a high chicken or egg diet have a negative impact on female fertility? I always try and give my answers with some element of evidence base and, and knowledge I, so i'm blagging this one um, in that i can't see any sensible physiological reason why it would um, and i don't think there's any evidence you know most most people ha haven't shown any specific diet to be better or worse as long as it's a sensible one 
would be my feeling. Yeah, I would completely agree with that too. Ask the expert. 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 So as always, we love to hear from you. Do make sure you're following us on our socials. I'm at Fertility Puddy. And I'm at Your Fertility Journey. Just so you know, Brew It 2 isn't happening because Kate's going to be somewhere without a signal. Um, But we will resume Brew It 2 in September. (gasps) Oh my goodness. How are we in September? Thank you as always for your support. And until the next time, 